0: Thank you for tuning in to Tripod Talk Radio, where we're spreading the word that it's better to hop on three legs than limp on four. Hosted by Jim and Renee and Wyatt Ray of the Tripod's blogs community at tripods.com, Jerry's Place for Canine Amputees and their people. Gary. Today is Sunday, February twentieth, two thousand eleven, and you're listening to the first in our series of Tripods member profiles on Tripod Talk Radio. Today we'll be getting up close and personal with Maxima and hopefully Jake's mom, the people behind two true tripod heroes.
1: I just wanted to let our audience know that if you have any questions for our guests, the call in number is three one oh three eight eight nine seven three nine or you can join the live chat at tripods.com slash chat. Feel free to ask any questions there, or again, call us at 310-388-9739.
0: Tripods member Maximut in the discussion forums has been a member since November 28, 2008, and has made 268 posts so far for anyone keeping count. Max was an eight-year-old Husky lab mix, but we're going to let Renee talk with Max's people to get a little more information about his diagnosis, amputation, and recovery. Renee?
2: Hi. uh, So
1: John and Diane, um, you guys are Max's parents. Absolutely. And um, uh, how are you guys doing today?
3: We're doing fine. Great.
1: Great awesome awesome well thanks for being here um just want to give uh people a little bit of background about max um he was diagnosed in it was november 2008 correct yeah that's right yes yeah. okay and um uh one of your first blog posts to tripods uh you had talked about when he was diagnosed with osteosarcoma and um he did uh quite well after his surgery uh and you mentioned that he was standing up on on the very same day that he had surgery. Um can you tell me a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, we um he uh, his leg amputation was uh November 23rd, uh which was a Sunday. We had dropped him off the night before. The doctor called us uh that Sunday morning to let us know that he he made it through and everything was great and um Of course, our first question or second question was, when can we come visit? And he wouldn't let us come that day because he said Max was already up and walking around and needed to get rest. And he said, you know, we don't want you to come because it's going to make him too excited.
3: They said the next day uh, that he was dragging a nurse around, you know, when (laughs) when they tried to take him out to go to the bathroom.
2: Was Max a big dog? Yeah, he was about uh, 80 what, pounds 80, yeah. um pre-amputation. He he lost obviously a couple couple pounds after the amputation, but about 80 pounds.
3: He was and he was solid muscle. He was yeah. not a fat dog in any way.
2: Mhm. And and how did you know
1: that that he would be a a good candidate for amputation?
3: Uh the, it wasn't really a question of him being a good candidate. It was a question of I mean, he had it on his leg. It was obvious that if we if we allowed this uh the bones for this tumor to stay on his leg, he was gonna go quickly. I never thought much about whether he'd be a good candidate. It was just a question of we either take this now and he has a good chance of living at least for a while or we don't and the doctor said it would probably only be a couple of months if he didn't get amputated.
1: Mhm. And so so there he was the the day
3: after surgery just running around like
1: like crazy. Well that that was uh, really nice to see.
2: Yeah, I, I went and visited him uh that Monday and um he uh I, I had to get in the cage with him. <laughs> Which you why got, got I, in the cage with him. Yeah, they um, they let him out but he was too excitable and they couldn't control him and obviously, you know, they wanted him to be a little bit more quiet so they asked if I would get in the cage with him. Which luckily was a cage on the floor, um, on on the floor <laughs> road. So, I got in there with him and visited with him for about a half hour, forty five minutes.
3: And they were very nice. They gave Diane a bowl of kibble and some water.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and where where was he treated? Just
1: so our our readers get an idea. I don't think I I told everybody where you you guys are located.
2: Right, we're in uh, the city of Tustin. We live in the city of Tustin in Orange County, Southern California max was Mm -hmm. treated all of his treatments his surgery and um chemotherapy was at vca all care uh in fountain valley uh which is also in orange county it's about maybe 15 minutes away from where we live 15 to 20 minutes
3: can't say enough good about those people oh
2: good so you found a, a good
1: doctor that you were really happy with
3: well the our regular vet who's here in tustin um he is a part-time staff member at VCA as well, and he he recommended them. And I mean, I we we'd taken other animals there before, so we were familiar with the place, and we never had any reason to regret that decision. They they took care of Max to the very end.
1: Oh, that's great. Tell me tell me a little bit about him. What what was he like, and and what were some of his uh,
3: favorite and least favorite things to do? Max. Well, we always say that Max was our our dog's dog. I mean, we we've had four dogs so far, and you know, one was so smart he was almost a person. And you know, Linda is just kind of an airhead, and Bernie Bin Laden, our Max's uh, Max's successor, um, is mm-hmm. horrible and well known on the forums. But Max was our true dog. He he loved doing everything that dogs love to do. He loved rides he loved going pontoon boating that time that you came with us that was max's favorite activity uh loved the you know loved the dog park he was he was big and he was usually a pretty good dog um he loved the beach you know he 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 loved any place where he could run he was a beautiful runner and i remember you know thinking how how wonderful it was to watch him run and uh and but and when he became a tripod, I was afraid that his run would be kind of ruined. Obviously, because he had three legs, maybe that would screw up the rhythm. But it was funny, you know. You could tell he was a tripod when he walked. When he ran, you couldn't even tell the difference, you know. And and he likes he was lazy too. I mean, when he wasn't running around, he loved laying on the sofa across Diane's lap, you know, all 80 pounds of him. And she'd brush him, and he just, I mean, he he loved he loved being brushed. So. He was just a a stereotypical quintessential dog, I would say. Yeah.
1: And you know, I, I have such fond memories of him. He, um, we were lucky enough, uh, admin guy and myself, were lucky enough to get to meet him. And and he he was just an amazing dog. We we feel so lucky that we got to spend a day on the beach with him. And you're right, he did. He ran like the wind. He was awesome. And uh, what what is this? Oh. Okay, so admin guy is asking me to to ask you guys some cancer questions. (laughs) So um, uh, tell us about his his cancer therapy. Um, What uh, what kind of protocols did you follow? What was suggested um, for treatment, and and did you pursue all of it or just part of it?
2: Uh, Yeah, we did everything they suggested. Um, Obviously first was the amputation. Uh, After that, uh, it was because no lung mets were found in him prior to the amputation. they suggested six rounds of carboplatin, uh, which we did. And Max pretty much breezed through them. He really didn't have any troubles with the carboplatin at all, except for um, the um, about treatments five and six. He got a little, uh, had a little bit of uh, diarrhea after those two treatments, the last two. But other than that, he, he pretty much breezed through them. And uh, he stayed, uh, and, and after that, uh, we wanted to, still be proactive in in his in his health uh he was still mm-hmm. cancer free at that point, so we started him on the metronomic uh protocol uh with a chemo drug called cytoxin, which is a low dose chemo pill that we gave um at home uh mm-hmm. and he did well on that also for for uh several months and did he uh show any signs of slowing down or, or anything like that when he started chemo? Not at all. Um, Max was a strong boy, and um, he he was he would be a little bit tired about two days um, after the carboplatin treatment. You know, I wouldn't even call it lethargic. I would just say he napped a little bit more than usual. Um, uh-huh. But that was really about it. I mean, the carboplatin was very very minimal side effects, and maybe he didn't want you know a breakfast or a dinner a couple days after. Not too interested in food. Uh, for a little while, but that passed within 24 hours and back to normal, guy. You know.
3: Yeah, and, and I would add that for people going through this, we we tended to overreact a little bit. You know, when Max would not eat, you know, we'd be thinking, Oh God, this is it. The tumors are back. The cancer's back. He's on his way out. I, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you you can't let you can't let that get you too upset. I mean. Sometimes, you know, as Diane found out personally in the last year, you know, she has been she was treated for breast cancer and she went through chemo as well. Sometimes the chemo just makes you not want to eat. It's not the end of the world, so don't get freaked out when this happens to your dog. Sometimes your dog's just going to have a lousy day, and that's, the, that's all there is to it. Wow, that's great advice. We appreciate that. Before we get to our caller, could you just tell us a little bit about
0: what Max's original prognosis was after amputation and how long he survived.
2: Yeah, they told us uh, with the amputation basically anywhere six to 12 months because that's pretty much the median survival time. Um, Max made it a total of, I think he was just shy of 14 months um, by about less than two weeks. So he almost made it 14 months And, and quite honestly, We did not, the decision to let him go came very quickly because, um, you know, we'll probably get to that later, but it it wasn't something where he, we saw a steady decline over weeks. I mean, it it was, mercifully for him, it it was pretty quick, and he was good for almost that entire 14 months just up until the last about day and a half, 36 hours basically.
3: Yeah, it, we we got very, very lucky. We didn't have to suffer through that long downward spiral that we've we've read about a lot of people going through on the forums. Uh, Max Max went much quicker than that, and in in, in in retrospect, we count that as a blessing. It is a blessing indeed. Let's get back to that in just a minute and see if Jane
0: has a question for you. We're just going to see if, Jane, are you still on the line with us?
1: Yeah, I'm still on the line, but I'm just really here to listen because I'm just new to all of this, and um, so my dog just lost her leg l- last Monday, so oh, okay. I'm well, welcome to. to tripod. Are you listening online? No, I, well I found you online, but I'm on my cell phone.
0: Okay, I'm just wondering if we could open up this phone line. Do you have the ability to listen online?
1: I can certainly do that, and i they just said call in, and I didn't know it meant other people couldn't call in, so I apologize for that. Well, we have a limited number
0: on. of phone lines, and we still have one available now, so if you have a specific question we'd love to ask,
2: Diane, No, that's Don, fine. I'll just, that I'll just
1: figure out. I One question I would have is if anybody has ever done laser treatment for the cancer, because that was the direction that was recommended to me. Uh, you mean like cold, cold laser therapy? Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: I don't believe our guests have, so I might suggest you stay tuned to the Tripod Talk forum in the discussion okay. forums, where we will soon be talking to some veterinary oncologists.
1: Okay. Um, I will add that there is, a, there is a topic that's been started about that, and, and there has been a little bit of feedback from people, so you may want to search the forums for that. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. I
0: started new topics so you can get lots of feedback from members. For now, I'm going to go ahead and mute your call and uh, if we do get other callers, I may may drop this line. So thanks again for calling in. Good
1: luck with your dog, Jane. Thank you. Okay. And so back to uh, you, John and Diane. Um, Tell me a little bit about how uh, Max's sister, Linda, handled all of the new changes in in your life. Um, We get a lot of members wondering how the canine siblings will do when something like this happens. Um, Did Linda treat Max any differently?
3: Absolutely not. And and I would say to all these people, I wish there was a pat answer to this, but there is not. Um, I mean, we, we have Linda because our first dog, Shadow, when he died, Max, uh, Max had grown up with him, lived with him for five, six years, and, and he was devastated. I mean, when Shadow died, Max was completely lost, crying all the time. And we got Linda as more of a response to Max because we were afraid that he was just going to die of grief. And the moment we got her, Max, it was like a switch was flipped and Max was okay. So my point is he's one of those dogs some dogs just need to have another dog, and when they lose their friend, they just they lose it themselves. Um, when Max was first amputated and came back from the hospital, Linda gave him a curiosity sniff at best, but <coughs> that's about it. She couldn't she she didn't react in any way. She still played with him all the time. Um, she was a wonderful companion for him. And on the day that Max died, we took Linda to the hospital with us because we wanted. We thought maybe that would be best, you know, to let her see Max, and Linda didn't seem to be affected. I, I think in retros I mean, Linda, we, we got Bernie right away because we were afraid uh-huh. that Linda would need a friend. Linda probably couldn't have cared less, uh, and, and frankly, I'm sure she would have preferred anyone but Bernie. Um, you know, but in any event, Linda's just one of those dogs that I think she could have stayed an only dog and been perfectly happy. She's always been more about people than other dogs, so... I would tell people who are worried about this: don't. It's really going to be from dog to dog. Some dogs will will freak out during the passing, and others will not. As far as during the treatment, I don't think either Linda or even um, even the two dogs that live next door, Duke and Dottie, the brown labs who are friends of our dogs, they didn't really seem to notice. We kept Max away from them. Because Max always played role, you know, he always played full speed with them and we were afraid that it'd blow open his stitches, so we didn't let Duke and Dottie anywhere near him for the first month. But after mm-hmm. that, they were normal. I mean, there was no difference. So Maybe we can get back to a little bit more about Max in a moment. I think we may
0: have Jake's mom on the line right now. If you hold on, let's uh pick up this line here from eight one three Area Code. Are you on the air with us? Yes I am would this be Marguerite?
1: Yes, it is. Hi. Thank you
0: for calling in.
1: Hi, Marguerite.
0: How's it going? <laughs> Very good. Thanks. We wanted um, uh, to let listeners know about Jake and your uh, trials and tribulations dealing with his diagnosis, recovery, and albeit too short, um, prognosis. Uh, you joined on September thirteenth, two 2009. Was that shortly after Jake's diagnosis?
4: Yeah, he he um, broke his leg on September 1st while he was playing outside with Wolfie, our uh, German Shepherd, and um, so we didn't know at that point that he had bone cancer. We just thought, oh, my God, he fractured his leg just out of the blue and brought him to the vet, and um, they took an X-ray, and they thought, wow, it kind of looks weird, um, and... Um, then they thought that maybe there was something going on there, and uh, that it was a pathological fracture. And then they started mentioning possibility of, you know, um, bone um, bone cancer or something. And we're like, what? And um, but they wouldn't be able to tell until they did a, a bone biopsy. So two days later, he had a bone biopsy, and um, where he had his fracture, they couldn't. Uh, it was between his elbow and his shoulder, and they couldn't. Um, really stabilize it very well, so he had to kind of wait around for a week um, without having it, like, stabilized until we got the results back, and um, uh, during that time is when we found out, you know, that he had bone cancer, but during that time we were looking up, you know, doing all the research, like, what if it is bone cancer, what are we going to do, so uh, we looked at all, on all the vet sites. We spoke to different friends of ours that were vets, and we found Tripods.com, and and we um, read about Jerry's story and stuff like that. So we were kind of prepared but hoping that it wasn't going to be bone cancer. And then, of course, we found out that it was. And so... Did
0: you, do, you, do you recall what type of biopsy was it done? Was it a, a needle aspirate, or do you recall?
4: Um... Like, Offhand right now, I don't know. I think they use a trocar, right. so I'm not sure exactly what it was. But So having done this
0: you know, research, getting ready for this terrible diagnosis, how easy was it or how quickly did you make the decision to amputate?
4: As soon as we got the diagnosis. I mean, we were, you know, as we were gathering all our, all of our information, you know, we were, of course we were hoping it wasn't that, but, I mean, right. he was perfectly fine except for this. I mean, he had just fractured his leg. Everything was fine before. He, You know, he's a 10-year-old dog, full of life. He didn't look like he was 10 except for his white face. He was full of life, running around with Wolfie all the time, swimming and playing, and, and nothing else was wrong with him. And so we just couldn't imagine that, you know, this would be it, the end. So...
0: This must have come as a a huge shock. What was the – so doing your homework, you say, helped to prepare to make the decision?
4: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Because, you know, we had friends and family telling us, okay, are you sure you're not being selfish, that you you just don't want to prolong his life and make him suffer just for your own selfish reasons. And and that wasn't the case because we've had dogs all our lives, and and they've – had other horrible diseases, and we've had to make the decisions, you know, to put them to sleep because there was no hope. But, but in this case, there was hope because, you know, we saw other dogs that had bone cancer that were surviving, like, six months, a year, two years even, you know, after amputation with or without chemo. And so we thought, well, there's hope, so we're going to take a chance.
0: And, and you know. How he, did Jake initially cope with recuperation? How was his initial recovery at first?
4: Um, like as with any major surgery, very sleepy, you know, coming out of the anesthesia, um, took him a few days to get his balance, you know, on his, on his three legs. Um, he had his appetite the very next day because he's a big pig. He loved to eat all the time. He was always like starving, like as if we were starving him all the time, but he just loved to eat so that he had no problems there. Um, he... He was fine, you know. He pooped the very next day. He peed Yay. that same, you know. Of course, we cheered when he pooped, and he almost <laughs> fell over. But, but you know, he he did. Great. Those,
0: are he was sign, those are all signs. Those are all signs reassuring someone that their dog is doing well. Unfortunately, Jake did not survive as long as everybody. Was it forty-five days or so? Is that right?
4: I think it was fifty-one or fifty-three. Something like that, yeah. So just a
0: couple months.
4: Yeah, just shy of eight weeks. And and he had been doing well up until the last week or so, and I started noticing that his hind legs were starting to kind of shake a bit and getting a bit weak. And I just assumed it was because, you know, he's 10, and now he's got the extra weight, you know, redistributed now on his back legs. And I thought, well, that was putting extra strain on, on his legs And but the last couple of days he started getting weakness in his back legs, and I spoke to some uh, vet friends and they said, well, it sounds like it's maybe going to his spine now. And then the last day, actually the last afternoon of his life, he he couldn't get up anymore, and um, and that's when we knew it was the end. And it was painful. Just the last few hours was painful other than that he was fine and he was happy and he was even swimming the day before he died he he still went to go swimming you know Aww. and staying on the patio and looking at the birds and you know and just so it it went very quickly when when he went but um it I was let
0: listeners know that they can uh follow jake's journey at jakesjourney.tripods.com which is pretty <laughs> much a a documentation of his recovery and those last few difficult days. Tell us about um, before things went downhill. What are some of the signs that reassured you that um, Jake was enjoying his life on Three Lakes, other than the the eating and the pooping? What kind of things did you enjoy together after recovery or during recovery?
4: Um, Well, Jake was a big couch potato before his cancer diagnosis, Um, he liked to cuddle, he liked to lie on the couch, he liked to play, he liked to play with Wolfie. They were just like two, I don't know, two best buds, you know. And um, they would wrestle all the time and chase each other and swim. And so, I mean, he was doing the same kind of stuff afterwards, except he just didn't have the same energy. And um, he, he just got more tired quicker, that was that was okay, about the A lot
0: of people a lot of people asked about the reaction of um other pack mates. It sounds like Jake and Wolfie always were best buds, so that just didn't change at all after the amputation?
4: No, no. In fact, when when um um even before the amputation when Jake first broke his leg and was, you know, after the bone biopsy and was waiting to find out if he's going to get an amputation or not, Wolfie would be lying next to him on the doggy bed, just stuck like glue next to him, and would be bringing his toys and plopping them in front of him. I mean, he was just so attentive to him. It was like his buddy, like, "Like, what's wrong? How come you're not, like, hanging out with me as much and playing? And and every once in a while, while Jake would be hopping around, Wolfie would run by and try to body slam him like he'd usually do. (laughs) I'd be like, oh my god, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> and uh, so that would be me and my husband would panic, but you know, Wolfie would be like, hey, come on, let's play. You know, but yeah, so things didn't. Sh- I mean, Wolfie, I think he was more attentive, but they were just always best buds till the end. So. And if you had to do it all over again, is there anything you might have done differently? Oh, I. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, the thing is, like, if if anyone's dog is diagnosed with bone cancer, any kind of cancer, I always think this. it's It's quality of life. You always have to think, how is their quality of life going to be? And that's how, that's what should help you make your decision. How is their quality of life going to be? If you amputate... If there's nothing else wrong with them, they're not, you know, crippled from something else, they don't have any other bad diseases going on, and if you amputate and help them live a little longer, is their quality of life going to be good? If that's the case, then go ahead. But if it's not going to improve their quality of life or if it's going to make it worse, then maybe that's not a good idea, you know. So it all depends on how they're doing. um
0: Thanks. That's that's just what I was gonna ask you about what you might say to new people facing this. John and Diane, do you have any advice for new people, new members who receive a cancer diagnosis for the dogs or uh have a dog that might need amputation?
3: I would I would agree uh completely with what Jake's mom said that it's really about the the quality of life. I mean, you're gonna be offered a whole bunch of different treatments. For the cancer, and you could spend all your time second guessing yourself after the fact, you know, should we have gone with this treatment instead of that treatment? You go with your gut instinct, and that's all you can do. Um, And the only other thing I would say is, you know, uh, we didn't touch on this. The post amputation, Max went through what everyone else did in the forums, the two weeks of hell, where just the slightest touch, he's yipping, you know, uh, uh, where. All of a sudden, there's just random bursts of pain. It's horrible, but it, you know you just have to stay calm during it. It's horrible, but it's natural. The dog's going to be very sensitive um, and, and in a certain amount of pain, and you know so it, it was very difficult the first two weeks. And the second two weeks, it's better with a few relapses, and after that, you'll be okay. So my advice to new people is: it's gonna be okay, but your dog does have to get over the surgery and. That first two weeks, you're going to feel like you made the worst decision you've ever made in your life, but you didn't.
4: Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that part. But I was, I was lucky, or Jake was lucky in our case because I know a lot of other dogs had problems with their pain meds, but Jake was very lucky. He had no reactions to, no bad reactions to his pain meds, so he had really very adequate pain control, and he didn't have any bad reactions. So. So he was lucky in that case, but I know that a lot of other dogs had problems with their pain meds, and so they weren't able to, you know, they had a lot of bad reactions, and so maybe they had to change their pain meds or not get enough or something, and and sometimes those two weeks from hell are not just hell for the dog, but hell for the owners, like us. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, you guys. We're so sorry. We're running out of time here, and we'd like to thank you for your your wonderful advice and Jim has a a little announcement to read.
0: Before we go, we wanted to let you know, listeners, you're listening to Tripod Talk Radio, brought to you by the Tripod's Blogs community at Tripods.com. And now for a special announcement. Are you a four-legged dog living with a cubic dog now called a tripod? Did you used to be best friends with your old pal when he or she wasn't a tripod but are now feeling like he or she gets too much attention? Do mom and dad spend way too much time fussing over your old pal now that she is three-legged? Do they get mad at you when you are too close to your tripod? Afraid you'll knock them over? Do they pamper your tripod with hugs, kisses, and even tears of joy over little things that you think are just routine? Do mom and dad even notice you live in the house anymore? Don't worry. You're not alone. You now have a place to turn to. Monkey Dogs United. We are the left-behind four-legged dogs that endure tripod. Unlike the tripod club, we don't require you to remove a leg to join. Our organization is a grassroots dog effort with free membership. The only requirement we ask is that you stand united with the monkey dogs across the world. That's monkey dogs united. Stand proud and be loud on all four legs. Monkey dogs rule. Please let your voice be heard in the Tripods blogs and discussion forums at tripods.com. The preceding parody was prepared by Monkey Dog produ- Monkey Pants Productions. All rights reserved. Just a little humor there to lighten up the goom. We will see you in the Tripods forums for more information about cancer and amputation recovery. Join us in the chat room live at tripods.com slash chat. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for more pet amputation tips from experts and claim your free gift just for listeners at downloads.tripods.com slash podcast.